Hi, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It's hard to believe now that Elvis wasn't always the king. By 1968, he had fallen out of the music spotlight for a decade. He'd only performed once since getting out of the Army in 1960, and most of his time was spent turning out dozens of B-level movies that left him frustrated with his career. Then his manager and infamous jerk, Colonel Tom Parker, pitched an idea to NBC to have Elvis do a TV special. Presley took the stage in a black leather outfit and reminded everyone that he was the king of rock and roll. In this week's episode, we're taking a close look at Elvis's 1968 comeback special. We're going to talk about his career before and after the event, play some of our favorite clips, and discuss why this show was such an important moment in rock and roll. Looking for trouble? You came to the right place. Looking for trouble? Just look right in my face. I was born standing up and talking back. My daddy was a green-eyed man to judge me because I'm evil. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode number 37. Thanks for listening. My name is Bruce Kramer, and I'm so happy to get to spend the next hour and a half to two hours talking about music with my two co-hosts and good friends, the hunk of burning love, Ryan McCusker, and the hound dog, Doug McCusker. Watch out, man. <laughs> Are you rocking? <laughs> he ain't never caught a rabbit, but he's still a good friend of mine. <laughs> you can do anything but don't step on our blue suede shoes. Speaking of Ryan, you look awesome in your 70 Elvis jumpsuit tonight. Thank you, baby. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you much, baby. Prisoners are rock and roll sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia, and we are so happy to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Man, tonight we're talking about the Elvis 1968 comeback special. It's a huge moment of rock and roll, and this has been on our topic list for like six months. Elvis is the king of rock and roll. This is when he's one of his most shining moments in his career. You know, like he showed up and you're like, I am the rock and roll, yeah. king of rock and roll. And I, yeah, I said about Ryan wearing the jumpsuit, Doug, you're actually wearing a, I'm actually Elf, wearing it. It's a uh, 50th anniversary Elvis comeback special t shirt. Yeah, we got it in Graceland like a couple years ago. But like, yeah, like you're saying, like Ryan was saying, this is probably one of the most important live television broadcasts of all time. Not that it was live, but like it, it was very, very important as time went on. Do you think like casual music fans know? What we're going to no. talk about. Elvis fans either. know what we're talking about. I mean, I, I don't expect the regular fan to know what we're talking about. I think the clips are very um, recognizable with him in the, in the leather jumpsuit. Yeah, and it's very this, recognizable. Yeah, you know, so I think more people like like know the that Elvis in the leather jumpsuit and what it is, but no, don't I, know exactly what it's from. I don't know if people know, like, you know, you go from um, uh, Ed Sullivan Elvis to Fat Elvis yeah, and I don't know if people really understand the the connection, like what happened. This is in like those middle times. Elvis. This yeah. is like you know, like, this yeah. is the second act of his. Like it's a three act show, yeah, right? Yeah. It was the beginning, and then it was this, and then the. And the I Vegas. think this was, was his best moment in his career. 
You know, he was right. slim. He was the leather outfit. He had the red guitar. He was in the boxing ring, you know, with his boys playing acoustic with him. The crowd was around him. I mean, and he shined. His he shined like a, like a diamond. Yeah, you, know, you can you can't you cannot watch that and be like, this is not a magic moment in music history right now. They said that Elvis was like very nervous going into this, even oh, putting yeah. on the leather suit because he dropped a, a ton of weight. Yeah, he went on like on vacation. He went Hawaii, on vacation, he got tan, like, and yeah. And he he, uh, he did it a few times in career. He did it for the whole the Aloha special. He did that for also. He got in shape and everything like that. And he was very re- he was not sure of himself, you know, because he hasn't performed in front of people. And like he 10 comes years, out, yeah, he comes out and he's like shaking like a leaf, yeah. And it's like his boys are there and they're kind of like, all right, Elvis, jump on in here. The water's fine, son. Just come on. Here we're going to do this. Oh, one, two, three. And they force him to start playing, and then he's getting more. Um, relax and relax and relax as that show goes on, which is crazy. Yeah, right. Because you'd think that he's Elvis, right? But, he's but he's like the. But he's know. so far removed. He's that Elvis. He's that movie uh, actor now, or whatever yeah. that we yeah. want to call him, like yeah, Hollywood. He was making he, all those bad movies. Yeah, he's so far away from performing in front of like from front of a crowd. He, I guess, he just forgot who he was. You know. Which is like, it, it's crazy to even think that. And this episode is going to be a lot of fun for me because out of the three of us, I'm admittedly the smallest Elvis fan. I'm mm. not, I was never like huge into him. It was like when my wife and I started dating, she said something about Elvis. I'm like, yeah, I'm not a huge fan. And she was like, what? Yeah. Like, wow. Know, this was the one episode too when we were doing the research and I was watching some stuff. She was enjoying it because she was like, Elvis at that era was very, very handsome. Oh, and I, oh yeah. Like, I, I think, think yeah. He, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. His, he had like movie star looks and he had the talent. Sure. Sure, sure. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. The first time I went to Graceland, I went by myself. So I've been to the White House and I've been to Buckingham Palace. So I'm like, let me go to one of the other famous houses in the world. Let me go to Graceland. Sure. Going there, I was not the biggest fan. Of course, like, you know, growing up in the household, me and Ryan did, did and all that. Like, Elvis was always around, but not like a huge fan I am today. Dude, you get there. And you can't help but leave an Elvis fan. You yeah. just get taken over by it. Yeah, that moment when you kind of like when you go through the whole tour and you go outside and you swing around that like by the outdoor, the courtyard and stuff, mm. and then you see his grave and yeah. it's kind of like you're like, whoa. Yeah, it's you deep. Know? And it's, it's not deep. even even if like you don't have the reaction seeing it, seeing the other people. I think I mentioned this before. The one year that I went, it was actually like Elvis weekend. It was the anniversary yeah, of his death. So timing, everybody yeah. there was like dressed up and wow. it just happened to that be. That must have been awesome. It was just random that we're, that we're walking in. We're like, why the fuck is everybody yeah. dressed up? Did the flying saucer come right. flying yeah. down. <laughs> right. It was kind of like um, when we went to like the opening night of like Star Wars and everybody yeah. was dressed up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is going on here? So after that experience, did you find yourself like relating to Elvis's music a little bit more after being the Graceland in Memphis and all that? Or I, I did. I mean, I, I've never. Um, I've always appreciated what he means culturally. Sure. You know, I've never been like, he sucks. I've been yeah. like his, I like his really early stuff because I tend yeah, to just, dude. I just tend yeah. to really like that Sun Records sound. Yeah. yeah. And then as he got like the, even as we dive into the show, there's parts of this that I was kind of like, eh. Yeah, like, yeah. The, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, like the stand up yeah. stuff no. with, the, with the orchestra behind it. I was kind of mm. like, dude, give me the, give me the raw, the guitar. Yeah. I think this acoustic stuff that he does mm. is my favorite shit that he's ever recorded. But it's kind of funny though, you see him with the stand up version like the sit down the sit down part and then the stand up part that stand up part led up until i think was it like in july of the next year that's when he started doing vegas and all that yeah you know so this was like the beginning of all that yeah it definitely led to hit that i thought he was rocking during those times he was standing up with the band like i thought that was when his most 
moment that he shined was when him alone with the guitar in the boxing ring and all the girls are on the, on the sides and he's like bending down and playing to one of them and they're screaming yeah, their that's, heads off. Yeah. That's cool. I mean like the yeah. stuff where like the um, it's real 70 sounded man. Like oh, the sure. strings are behind. Oh, yeah. We'll go mm-hmm. yeah. part by part through it. No, he yeah. does memories and it sounds real 60s like yeah. orchestra in the background. Yeah. So yeah. I think maybe before we dive into the special man we're going to talk a little bit maybe about like what was leading up. We'll talk about what was going on in music. We'll talk about what was going on with Elvis and then maybe we'll talk about kind of how the whole program came together and then we're going to walk through it a little bit. So as always, we're probably going to talk for two hours about everything, but that's what we're here, man. We're here to entertain We're going to talk educate. two hours about a special that was an hour. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, if you really want to learn about like Elvis getting started, go back and listen to episode four that we yeah. did on the history of Sun Records. We talked about Elvis yeah, you know, a lot. We could have made another Elvis episode, like the, you know, the same old story, same old thing with Elvis. But, you know, we decided let's do something yeah, different. We're, we're going to zoom in and take a really narrow look at one important part of his career. But, you know, you talk about like how um, meteoric his rise was. So he, he goes on TV in 56. And then, you know, he, everybody knows that, right? Mm-hmm, that yeah. He's on Ed Sullivan. He's shaking his hips. He scares the shit out of yeah. everybody. And then he goes in the army in 58. So it was like two years, dude, and he's, he's out. He's gone. He's yeah. gone. Yeah. And he was like, like just think of anybody i don't know think of like taylor swift did that it's not like he died right it's not right, like no. a, like Kurt Cobain left. passed away or buddy holly died. like he went into the army so he's like alive but he's just gone it was a different time though you have sure. to remember like even in world war ii the baseball players were stopped playing sure ball. yeah you know this was a different time you had to go in and give your two years it was like he got drafted that's what happened. Right. You know, no, that, it's a good point. That, that's what happened. That it was more part day. of culture that, yeah. that people It was a different left. time. Right. But, like, uh, but the colonel totally cashed in on that. He's like, great, awesome. Like, we're going to take you away for two years, put in the army, and this, then, that, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. you come back, and then we're going to exploit you. Yeah. And, and we'll get to that piece of shit. In a, in a, he's in the next, <laughs> actually, the next paragraph of my notes. But um, so Elvis, and he gets out of the army in 60, and he only performs once. And uh, between then and the comeback special in 68. And that was, I think, was it the Arizona Memorial and Pearl Harbor? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Yes. And then, so, by the, it's funny, man. Like, by the time he does a 68 special, his wife goes, I've never seen you perform live. Yeah. She's never seen him in concert. Yeah. Which is just like, that just blows your mind. Well, she was so young. How was she? <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> but then, um, sorry. So, so legendary piece of shit. And I wanted to call him a piece of shit in a monologue, but I didn't because we cut that out and we put it on all of our social media. Tom Parker. So Tom Parker is a colonel the way that uh, Colonel Sanders is a colonel, the way that Captain Crunch is a captain. He actually got it from a, like a governor, I think it was like Arkansas, mm. gave him an honorary title in the National Guard because he helped get the guy elect. But anyway, so Elvis gets out and he pushes Elvis into making movies. And in the 60s, Elvis made 27 films. <laughs> So that's just pick any actor that you want and imagine if he did that's three like a movies a Christ. year for a decade. I think like in a whole career DiCaprio made twenty seven movies. Right. Yeah. Right. And most of the movies made money, but but people didn't think They were really crappy movies. People didn't but, think but they, highly were, yeah, they were just throwing they were just throwing him in stuff and just you know, like the colonel's like, How much money are you gonna give me for this? All All right. Right. Okay, here you're, you go. You're a speedboat racer. That's yeah. cool. You're a you're a uh, you're a helicopter pilot. <laughs> right. And the movies became like a factory. So the producers started condensing the schedule down and they would shoot 
everything on set because they wanted to make them faster and faster because the movies would um so the colonel wanted them to do this because the the movies elvis would only make soundtracks for the movies right so then the movies would promote the soundtracks and the soundtracks would promote the movies and it was just like this cycle oh, and the, of the just music money. that they were picking the uh, so, songs right. that they were picking dude and i think like after he did this he got that taste of like playing live again the colonel had him in, like on set another movie a month later like within a, yeah like within a week or something like that so i listened to a couple of the the soundtracks and elvis is slow as it started go, getting you know as it started going on elvis was getting more and more frustrated the quality of the movies was getting frust uh, getting worse the guy that was like the producer who did a whole bunch of these movies he got so frustrated he was like i'm out and he just sure. he canceled his contract and just walked he's like i'm not working with elvis anymore but i did um i listened to a couple of the soundtrack songs that he wrote and i'm gonna play a little bit yeah. of one this is do the clam i love this song uh dude yeah awful. this is a good song it's this is terrible. a good song come yeah. on this is one of the better ones hey everybody gather around and listen to that bongo sound grab the first one in your reach now we're gonna shake the beach yeah, yeah, yeah. do the clam do the clam grab your barefoot baby Come right, on, you guys, you guys like that. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's cheesy. I see that scene okay. in my head. But yeah. That's the thing. It's like I hear that and I see him dancing around on the beach. Like when I hear uh, the Sound of Music song, I see what's her name dancing right. in the fields. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he had, and so the movies he puts out, there's a couple outliers. Like Viva Las Vegas got mm. some a lot of attention. Yeah. But, I but mean, the movies generally get worse and worse and worse. Suck, and worse. Yeah. Jailhouse it, Rock's a good one. King Creole is a good movie. Viva Las Vegas is a good movie because of Anne Margaret. <laughs> was, J- yeah. was Jailhouse Rock made before he went into the army? It could I have been. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, it was too. And so, all right, so you guys named, black and white. You yeah. named yeah. three of the 27 he made in the 60s. Well, so the race, like, you know. Anne loves the the Habit one, like whatever. When he was, And we were talking at dinner night. I'm like, I know it's your favorite film. Like, you know, how is this taken? He's like, he, he convinced a nun not to be a nun anymore. You know, like this yeah. sounds really wholesome, like entertainment for a family. <laughs> hey, baby. That's it's, what she says. She's like, hey, it's Elvis. It's like if, if he was alive now, it would just be just churning out like Netflix or Hallmark. Yeah, Christmas that's what, that's where we're at now, man. Is that level yeah, of absolutely. like kind of. Right. The Hallmark Christmas films probably a good, like, like a Billy good Ray analogy. Cyrus. Yeah, just churning out just, just, just garbage. But, um, and I also think a little bit about like what was going on in music at the time. So I, was, I looked a little bit around like all the guys that Elvis came up with. So 57, Jerry Lee Lewis, he's out because he got arrested. Or he got busted for marrying his cousin. <laughs> Little Richard goes like he becomes a preacher in 57. Buddy Holly dies in 59. Chuck Berry goes to jail in 59. So all those are like that's within two years of like rock and roll starting. Sure. So by now, by like 1959, 1960, man, Elvis is kind of like – the dinosaur that's yeah. still yeah. around, right? Yeah, like I mean, in, how fast in, music changed in rock and roll. You know, five years is a long time. Sure, you're around. Sure, right, right. You know. and then right, and then all this change, and then he goes in the army. Yeah, right. right? And then by the time he comes out, man, it's like the world is like. So you got uh, between then and '68. So you got Motown has started, the Beatles, the Stones, the Who, Hendrix, the Beach Boys. All around the Monterey Pop Festival happened the Summer of Love. You get the riots in Chicago, and then like JFK, RFK, and MLK are all assassinated. But yeah, by the time he goes into the army, by the time he does his show, America, America completely changed. Completely changed. Like 
you know, the innocence of America has, has changed. Yeah, dude, like, like that American Pie episode gone. we did. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all gone. gone. Yeah, like during Vietnam's going on, everybody's confused what's going on. Yeah, yeah. the Bobby socks and the drive, the drive-ins and all that shit, man. It's all over. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's crazy. In ten years, though, too, you know, just think ten years it just changed. That's a lot. Like, that's a long time. You though. know, from like getting transistor radio to walking on the moon. Yeah, you sure. Know, you have sure. to. Yeah, you, you have to think. You know, yeah, it, it was like that big, uh, like with uh, not the industrial revolution, but like it was like the after industrial. This is the baby boomer thing coming going on. Like, like thing the country was sure. evolving. Like you had the media, the news. Like you know, what I mean, you had Vietnam sure. on TV. So people didn't have the blinders on anymore. So how could you like really take Elvis Presley serious at that point? You know, he did all those crappy movies, exactly. But here he is on the special, yeah. and he's like, "I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna rock out, yeah. Like I'm gonna truly." rock out that i haven't done in like 10 years yeah you know yeah um i i think maybe before we go any further though i do need to hit the shit bag of the week for colonel tom parker yeah, let's get out of the way to play this several times let's go. officially do this yeah colonel shit tom bag parker of the week dun, dun, dun. he's uh we were talking as we were setting up man like that movie that's coming out and tom tom, uh, hanks. tom hanks is playing him and i i hope they, they don't, don't water it they down, don't yeah. whitewash yeah. that like what a piece of shit he is i could see tom hanks playing it to the Play straight. Yeah. Yeah. He's a way too interesting character not to play yeah. straight. Yeah. He's yeah. a very interesting dude. Yeah, we could do a whole He was a carny. Yeah. He was a carny. Yeah. You know, he he didn't have a a birth certificate. He yeah, didn't he, he didn't have a visa. Yeah, he, he didn't have anything. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was a he was a huckster, he was a grifter, he was just a What was he, he was when he was a carny, what we were talking about? He, yeah. What was so his show, his sideshow? He would tell people to come pay him money to see the dancing chicken. Right. And people would come in and see the chicken and he had a chicken and underneath the little area it stood was a hot plate and he would turn the hot plate on so the chicken would start getting burnt on the feet so it would start jumping up and down and he would charge people. Like, yeah, and he bought that from another carny. He didn't come <laughs> up with that. That's an old trick. Yeah, but That's he, an old yeah, yeah. carny but he, trick. Yeah, but he bought that from off another guy. He's like, oh, I, I want to no buy doubt. it off. Yeah. 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 There's a couple of YouTube like documentaries about him. Um, I started watching and I just, I ran out of time this week before we did the show. But, <laughs> it's uh, like he was all about selling merchandise sure yeah. like, like money, he yeah. saw that as free money he's sure. like okay we could put the show on but hey i'm going to sell these fans i'm going yeah. to sell these yeah. paper or whatever and you know make money in between the songs i hope they show the real him in the movie man yeah i i hope so too so i mean so let's talk about a little bit about maybe leading up the idea for the show so tom parker has this brilliant idea that he's going to get elvis back in the spotlight by doing a christmas special and he goes to NBC and he's like, all right, we want you to do a – he's like, I want him to do a Christmas special, kind of like an Andy Williams kind of thing. He's like, and he wanted Elvis in a powder blue tuxedo, <laughs> lip-syncing Christmas songs. He already had like mock-up of like the artwork already done. And as part of the deal, NBC then also had to, in addition to paying Tom Parker for Elvis, he had to agree to bankroll another movie. Wow. And, uh, you know, again, he's always playing a – a fucking angle. I'm sure he walked away with more money than anybody. I'm sure he did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they said he made more money off of Elvis than Elvis. Oh, did. God. The cash alone that he made off of him. When yeah. They originally said, I've, I've watched a, uh, a video on YouTube. I forget the guy's name, but he worked for Embassy. He was like one of the head producers to get it done. So uh, the colonel reaches out to him. I can't remember. I wish I did. And he's like, well, just bring some like French pastries in a sense. He's like, all right, we're going to sit down and have coffee and talk this out. The guy walks in with a bag of, of uh, French pastries, takes the bag out of his hand, throws it in his briefcase, closes it, and he's like, all right, how much money am I going to make pig. off this? He was he, a pig. He was that's a pig. exactly good. That's the best word you know, possibly. Man. He's I a mean, pig. He, but look what he did. 
the smart thing that the colonel did was if you want to see Elvis, you have to pay to see Elvis. Sure. That's what he did all those years, you know, and this was the first free thing that Elvis did in 10 years, you know, like to play a free TV show for basically free for people on t- watching yeah. at home. Yeah. You know? the, and then the Colonel just wanted to get him back to sell more records yeah. and make more money. Yeah. There's no, no, no give a shitness about like managing his career mm. and what he means and what, it, you know, what is his image turned into? Or but I think, else. I, I think Elvis saw it as, here comes an opportunity for me to flex my muscles. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think eventually yeah. he did, but Elvis wasn't really sold on the idea because he always thought that they always made fun of him on TV. They made him, like, sing to a hound dog and do this and do that, you yes. know? Yes. So he was really, like, oh, I'm really afraid what they're going to... They were never really... They, they always, like, filled me from up to here. So I'm kind of, like, portrayed oh. as a joke, basically. No, that's a you great know? point. I, I read that, yeah. too. Because, yeah, because he does go on the one... Ed Sullivan or something, and he's literally singing to a dog. What yeah. was the name of the producer of the '68 show? Steve Binder. He was a smart dude. Yeah, he so, had he had the vision of turning Elvis back into this rock and roll icon. Yeah, so Steve Binder signs on to the project as the director, and uh, he said he saw it as an opportunity for Elvis to do something really special. And he said he was talking to Elvis before the show, and was like, "Dude, you got to do this." And mm-hmm. Elvis is like, "Hey, man, can I ask you an honest question? What do you think of my career?" Yeah, he's, and Steve Binder said it's it's in the toilet. Yeah, and he started laughing. And Elvis so, laughed and said, "Well, I appreciate you being being straight with it's me. like somebody's somebody. Look, right, somebody's at least you're not kissing, with you're me. not kissing Kiss my, my ass. ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Steve, and El- I wrote the quote down. So Elvis said, "What if I bomb?" And he he said, "Elvis, you'll still be remembered for your movies and your early hit records. <laughs> this <laughs> if it's successful, every door that was closed to you will reopen again." Sure. Which is exactly what we did, and they said the whole time, like Tom Tom Parker was just like arguing. He's like, "No, we're not yeah. going to do this." Like, "All right, well, let's do some Christmas stuff at the end." Yeah, yeah, yeah. like like he he's just kept giving ground. He's looking for a gimmick. Yeah, he's, he's looking, looking to sell for Christmas albums or something, right? So this dude signs on, and uh, the other there's another important guy that they bring on. This guy Bill Bellew, B E L E W. I should have looked up how to pronounce his name, but he's a he's a costume designer. And he goes uh, – he convinced uh, – Binder convinces the dude to come on, and he tells Elvis, like, you know, you, you can't just come out in, like, normal clothes. you got to wear the whole leather. And if you watch the video, he's in a full – or a leather jacket, no shirt underneath, leather pants, the real high collar. I mean, it's, like, an iconic. And yeah. he gets, like, progressively sweatier as the show yeah, goes the on. Image of but that guy yeah. wound up designing all of the – um the jumpsuits that he wears in Vegas later on. Thought, later yeah, on. I thought it was pretty cool. Like yeah. he just became like the costume. He's Elvis is like, um, personal costume designers career. Right. And also made a lot of clothes for him. Like in his personal. I've life. seen some of those costumes. I've seen the leather costume up and close and it's really thick. Like yeah. how thick the leather was. Like you, you could see how sweaty Elvis is getting. Yeah. Like those lights are hot and he's got a full blown motorcycle jacket on. Yeah, you know, and with with leather pants on. Yeah, sure, and he's rocking the hell out. So, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So the team gets together. You know, the producer, the costume guys on, and they decide that um, you know, they they want to bring in a couple of Elvis's old like musicians to like rehearse with them. Yeah, and at some point, like uh, Doug, you were saying, like Elvis goes, uh, he went to Hawaii for like two weeks. Like, yeah, he's on a vacation or something like that to go get to get, lose some weight and to get ready for the show, the live performance. Yeah, you know, in front I of mean, people for the first time, shit. and God knows how long. I wish I could go away for two weeks, come back <laughs> looking like that at your Elvis. Yeah. I literally go away for two weeks to come back looking like the Vegas version yeah. of Elvis. <laughs> but Elvis was like like doing karate at the time, and he was like in yeah. shape. He was doing all those drugs that kept him going. <laughs> yeah, going, right. Yeah, all the speed. And, yeah, yeah, all the Colonel kept on feeding into him. Like here you go. 
But he, um, so they bring DJ Fontana, his drummer, and Scotty Moore as a guitar player in to join him. And at some point, Elvis just starts like he literally moved into the uh, dressing room. He was living there mm. as they were doing all the rehearsals. And I guess kind of one of his ways to unwind was he just started like jamming with these yeah. guys. Scotty Moore's a monster. Yeah. That was his man. Like all through those years, those early years, that, that probably made him feel a lot better to have him there yeah. with him but those guys didn't originally want to do it they were like no we don't want to deal with the colonel or the set and they said what if we can promise you that you don't even have to see him and they like they talked about it and they agreed to do it just because how they felt for elvis, for elvis and uh, they didn't, didn't want to they want to deal with hmm. like the colonel at all so they like so they did it basically for the love of elvis you know he's such a like you gotta a, think good though, boy. yeah you gotta think like the colonel probably screwed them they over they at did. one point or yeah. another to not play with Elvis again at one point he broke up during the band. their career. Yeah, yeah, he broke up the band. He's like, you know, gave him a bigger band to play with. Yeah, they said that they, like Binder heard those guys jamming. And uh, I wrote that quote down, too. He said, these guys jamming is better than all the money we're going to spend on sets and costumes. Sure. We have to get it on tape. And I watched it, and he's absolutely right. Yeah. It's way better than the whole the rest of the it's show magic man. yeah, so yeah they, it's like the first unplugged yeah it's like there the you very, go it's yeah. elvis unplugged it's yes. unbelievable so they they work that into the show that part of it is elvis in this like ryan you call it a boxing ring and you're right it looks like a little boxing ring without the ropes yeah like in the middle of just people sitting around him and it's just him and these like three or four dudes just jamming with acoustic guitars and it's i i was saying to you guys in the notes we're sharing during the week i was like i i think it's my favorite stuff i've ever heard him do can we get a sound of something like that yeah dude play um the lordy lordy yeah miss claudia yeah Yeah. He was rocking out, man. And like, you know, the best thing about these things were in between songs. Um, Elvis was showing his personality. He was kidding around. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, he tells a story to one time. Like, well, first he he pauses and he does like the, uh, he's like, hey, everybody, wait a minute. And he does that little like with his one side of his yeah. lip would they come went, up. Yeah, he's, I read that. He wanted to show that off, that yeah. he could still do it. He's like, hey, I, I made like 20 movies like this. Yeah, yeah maybe we'll hear some of that stuff later on yeah, the, dude, in the I, show. I, I, yeah, dude. We'll re- play a bunch of songs from 68. Yeah. So the show decided they decided they're going to work this angle into it, man, of the the acoustic stuff, and uh, Steve Binder just goes like, "Dude, don't don't worry about the cameras, don't worry about the audio, just do your thing, man." But they did what they do, like five or six five songs together with the original band. No, they did like ten. Yeah, I think it was songs. More they than only that. showed three. They only showed three. Yeah, yeah, and there was like ten. Steve Binder said, like, when they when Elvis took the stage, he was like, I don't, like, as they're getting ready to start, he's like, man, I don't know if this dude is, like, legit or if he's just a product of the Colonel's PR machine. And he's like, but by the time it was done, I was like, that guy is on the, the level. He's yeah. the king of the rock and roll. I, I did read something, you know, now Ryan said, like, they did, like, 10 songs, like, you know. And they cut a lot of it out. Like a lot of it was like, from what I read, was improv. There's like they, right before oh, yeah. they're like, all Absolutely. right, what are we gonna play? Okay, Elvis we're gonna play only- Hound Dog. We're gonna play this. We're gonna play that. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. Elvis forgets the words. Yeah, you see that. Yeah, in yeah. all like, the songs, he's, he's like, like trying to mumble and trying to yeah. joke, joke yeah. around it. Yeah. But I think that's what shows Elvis, like yeah. what kind of humble guy he yeah. was. But there was a lot of improv, like which is still it's he, all improv. Yeah, that's but, the thing. That's the magic yeah. about it. And it's all improv. And he's still a hardcore entertainer, musician. You know. Yeah. 
Um, I thought it was funny that they that they said like when they did that show, they gave Tom Parker uh, they need to give him a job to keep him away from everybody. Yeah. So like, here, man, you give out all the tickets, and he gave some of yeah. the tickets to like a security guard, and there he was gave nobody the, like, there. Majority, he gave majority of the security guards, and the guys, the producers, saw that. So they ran to like Bob's, Bob's big, big, big boy, boy yeah, and they, they were begging people, people to come to the come. show. And they were like, who cares about Elvis? Exactly. You know? yeah. Here's these young girls sitting on the side of the boxing ring, and they're like, who cares? And what, once he came out, he was the we're king like, of people, rock and roll. Who were the Beatles? Nobody knew at that moment. It was all Elvis time. But after hearing that story about them running to Bob's, uh, Bob Big Boy, dude, I'm watching like like yesterday today. And you see, like, these old people sitting there, like, watching the show, all dressed up in suits and everything like that. And they're just like, this is too fucking loud. And Where's like, Benny Goodman? Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it was even, Elvis. Even then, Elvis was, like, a has-been. And yeah. the old folks were still, Which like, crazy. They're still pissed off about he's, it. Yeah. He's 33 yeah. when he does this, right? And he's been, like, he's I been- wouldn't say he's a has-been, because he's making all those, all those movies, movies. and he's, he's just not a serious musician. Yeah, exactly. But it was funny. The um, street rep is gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good point. But like it was funny, like when they were re- starting to plan this whole thing with Elvis and everything like that, they one of the guys producer they were like, "All right, well, you go keep the colonel fucking busy. Why we we really work on this?" So they they would pal around with them, go take them drinking. Like there's like reportedly pictures of taken with Colonel like dressed up as Colonel Sanders and like. The other guys dressed up yeah. like Napoleon. It yeah. got really weird. Yeah, real weird. It was like the same. It was like, you know, I mean, like, like it was really they weird. They should write a book about him and his crazy behind the scene life. Yeah. Maybe that's what this Tom Hanks is going to be. Maybe the colonel has some stuff in his, uh, in his closet. Yeah. Maybe they'll like, let like, Kind of like the, like the JFK scene when they're all like dressing, yeah. dressed up in like, yeah. You know, that's what I see happening. <laughs> I I see the colonel like being dressed Wearing up. Wearing women's in, underwear. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I uh, hope that's what it is. I hope it a comes shit out. Bag. Yeah, yeah. We we can play this like which five is fine. Play it again. Bag of the week. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. We can we can play that like ten yeah. times. But we got to put it out there. Which there's nothing wrong today with wearing women's underwear no. out there. There's be nothing who you want to be. Be who you want to be. Yeah, but the colonel for with the time and he was a shit bag. Yeah. Yeah. Just like what he just before even he met Elvis, he was a shit bag. You know. Yeah. Explain it. Yeah. Explain the shit out. Yeah, Elvis I, wasn't his first. Mu- victim? Guy in his music. victim? Yeah, he wasn't his first guy in music. The, oh, I mean, uh, he had a little bit of experience of dealing with uh, musicians. He had a, like a country act. I forget the name of the dude's the, the country guy's name, but he t- exploited the shit out of him. And then he, uh, the colonel, used the money that he made him to sign Elvis. To sign Elvis. So- but like everything with this show, man, it seemed like he tried to sabotage. Everything about this show that he didn't want Elvis to like move on from, you know, the Colonel's like, you know, strings. Like you could pick out the parts where the Colonel had his hands in. There yeah, was some you pretty, see it. There's some pretty bad numbers, yeah. as yeah. I say. Yeah. yeah. You know, Elvis is, you know, there's a few good ones, but then there's a few ones that he's like floating around. Looks like something that would be on like Glenn Matt. What was like uh yeah, like the Andy Williams Andy show. Williams show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's like a cat house scene. Like he's in a cat house, and yeah. that was kind of like That's real, real weird. Yeah. It was a little risque. The, like even now, I was like, "Ooh, this is really strange." And then there's like a belly dancer, and yeah. like there was like a gangster thing going yeah, on. Yeah, he was like going yeah, from scene boss. to scene as a yeah. guitar player. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Real weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was real weird. So the show is generally broken up into. So you could go through it chronologically the way in which it aired, but the general idea of it was there was this unplugged part. And then there was a, it was, it's generally called the sit down. And then there's other parts called the stand up. And the stand up is more like the produced and there's like some strings behind it and some, 
weird fucking dance I think it's rock it's Vegas Elvis well, it's yeah. a pre- Vegas, the Vegas Elvis. Elvis shit yeah yeah. it's a precursor for the Vegas Elvis stuff um, we can go whatever order you want I wrote it no, all, man, I wrote all my notes down chronologically because I just watched it but it uh, you know it opened with Trouble and Guitar Man which is what we um, what we played when we came out of the, uh, the out of the monologue and it's just great man even in the video he's uh, it's just a close up of him just staring, you mm-hmm. know, in that all that leather outfit, just a classic. There's a little bit of his hair is hanging down, and it kind of it pulled the camera pulls out to him. It's just a waist up, mm. um, and he- then it kind of pulls out even more, and it's all these silhouettes of Guitar Man, like just kind of yeah. dancing behind. It was just really cool, really rocking. Yeah. There's some great moments of rock and roll there. Yeah, you want to hear another song? Yeah, dude, play Heartbreak Hotel from the Sit Down. The Sit Down. All right. That's magic. Man. I could yeah. listen to that whole fucking yeah. thing. Man. Yeah, that's his just voice like, is at its best. The, like the rock and roll screecher is there. Man. The dudes in the band is like, oh, come on, get out here! Like this is great. They're trying to calm him down. Kind that's of thing. that's yeah. that makes me. I wonder if that's like recorded earlier, like in that sit down. Is that like one of the first couple songs that he sang with them? Because he yeah. sounds, he does sound a little nervous. This in there. is the first, and sit they're down. cheering him on, like, "Go get yeah. it, go get it, son." That's exactly you know? what they're doing. They're, that's yeah. exactly what they're, they're trying doing. to get him to to go. Yeah, and it's Elvis is like really hard to control on stage because they have him sitting down. And in whole Elvis career, he never sat down in his whole life. So he's getting up and he starts dancing. Yeah. He's doing the king swing kind of thing. Like in the chair. The king swing of the songs, kind of thing. Yeah, like, he starts he's, wiggling he, and yeah, shit. Yeah, he's putting his yeah. hips out. Um, and there's the one part he starts yelling for a guitar strap. He's doing the sit down. There's some great in-between songs things that are on this box set that we're listening to. Yeah, it was like, and he starts singing One Night With You. And he's like, One Night With A Guitar Strap. Yeah, and he's yeah, like... Yeah. Uh, and then they they can't find one, so he just kind of stands up and he puts his foot up like on a on chair. Yeah, and I've some seen dude, that chair. Yeah, and the guy. Oh, really? Yeah, he's in the rock and roll. Yeah. Thing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And the guy just like somebody's just holding the mic stand like yeah. up. Yeah, and it's just it's so cool. And he's just having such a good time. Like you can see that he's like, this is a feeling I haven't felt in a long exactly. time, man. Like you know, starting to like he's starting relive it. He's starting to believe again. Yeah, he's starting to believe again. Yeah, you know? I hope they have that in the movie, man. Like you see him like start having all these I flashbacks think, think and six, shit. I think sixty eight is going to be a big part of the movie yeah it's gotta be it's, it's gonna have like all these flashbacks like this is what i do not these bullshit movies yeah you know what i mean and all that you know like you said he did this and then he went right to vegas yeah and then from vegas he got bored he did vegas for a long time yeah then yeah. he went on tour right and then he just toured his ass off until he died yeah but never left the country because of the colonel because of the colonel yeah yeah because colonel tom parker didn't have couldn't get a passport yeah he would i would have just left him in this fucking he played like Winnipeg and like he played yeah, like in Canada count. like twice. He played Hawaii. A, yeah. Yeah, but Hawaii's parts. Yeah. I want to play a little bit of Baby What You Want Me to Do from the sit down because this is, I think this is my favorite version of a favorite Elvis song. Here you go. Baby, what do you want me to do? 
dude, I love that. That's it fantastic. just sounds so raw. It's, it's just yeah. jamming. Um, yeah, man. And we were just talking while we were playing this. This is one of the few times, too, like Elvis is playing the guitar. Yeah, he's I not mean, just he's, holding it. Right. Yeah. During the whole sit down, he plays guitar through the whole sit down. Yeah. I'm not that he's not playing it in the stand up thing, but he's really jamming with his boys. Yeah. Like they might as well be on the storefront. Yeah. somewhere because that's where they're earning their head yeah you know? it, but Ryan like, said something good like Elvis is probably the least talented musician on that whole stage compared to the rest of those guys they, I mean he's the king he's got the voice yeah. and he's that's the, the man whole thing, yeah. but those guys were very they're, talented yeah. musicians yeah and he's never been known as like a guitar player right like it was saying, he like, just he's posed. just holding it right? yeah he posed but he is playing though we're watching this thing no like, he can play yeah he played enough to hold his own but he but in this thing he was he used it he used the guitar as a prop. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And the majority of his career is like, he's not holding a guitar. He's not playing a guitar. He's yeah. not known to being a guitar no. player. No. He's a, well, he's early in the career, maybe, early in his career. Yeah. yeah. He's a musician who kind of knows how to like, and to be like, I'm not putting myself in the same no. like like me holding a fucking guitar. You know, yeah. I said I'm like a monkey holding. Yeah, it. it's but just, he uh, knows enough. He knows enough to get him by. You he know, knew yeah. enough, he knew enough to get people's attention at the hayride and. You know, but with this thing though, I think he really did cram though. I think he really he's playing with these guys, and he, like they they rehearse, rehearse, rehearse enough, and he's like, "Well, I want to play." This is just me thinking. Well, I don't, and he, I don't and he know, got it down. Like, I don't know how much rehearsal they got into it right, because but, it's too loose. Yeah, it's too it's loose. too loose. But I think maybe they, if they, they sat around in the dressing room and yeah, fucked that's around what I mean. Beforehand, like, yeah, I think he, that's what they were doing. Yeah. and they're like, "Oh, we got to capture this." Yeah, them just fucking around in in the room. Because it's really, um, you're right. Because they kind of they were like, oh, well, we got to play Hound Dog or something. Yeah. Like somebody says that, like, well, we got to play this before, you know. And they just kind of like spill into it. Do you like going the Elvis's greatest hits? These guys are known for playing his early stuff, you know. So That's you all have they, to play, yeah, all you have to play the early stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's keep on playing songs, Bruce. Yeah, dude. Let's what play else? Love Me. Off the sit down. Yeah, Here we go. Man, that kills it, dude. That's my favorite Elvis song of all time. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one. It's great. I don't think any people really know about that song. That's crazy. Like, it's not like one of his big hits. Like, uh, Love Me Tender is. Yeah. Uh, That's a way better song than Love Me Tender. Oh, yeah. But you can hear him sing, dude, and he's still got it, man. Yeah. He's still belting it out. Like, you got to be standing there in awe watching this guy just belt this out. Like, But the magic's happening. Yeah. Yeah. He always had that kind of like, there was a weird, like, um, he could do like Hound Dog. He just like gets after it. Yeah. That other song we were just playing, Baby, you want me to do? He just gets after it. And he has like this crooner voice that he does, like Love Me Tender mm. and like that song where it's just really smooth. Well, and he, just, like, he admired so many different kind of music besides rock and roll. He's real into Mario Lanza and real into like Dean Martin and the smooth voices of these dudes. Yeah, he really admired that. I think he, over time. And, gos- and gospel. Go- yeah, yeah, he's really like, yes. yeah. But he became this ballad singer. Like, he was this huge screecher for most of the part of his career. But then he belts out these ballads that are like, holy shit, who could do better than him on these songs? Those, he has those songs that are just a wild man with a guitar shaking his hips, scaring the hell out of everybody. Then he's got that, like, it's like harnessed and focused more. Like, oh, his range, is, his range is unbelievable, dude. And it just shows, like, it's just natural talent. The, you know, 
maybe Elvis isn't the most musically talented guy on that stage, but there's only one Elvis. And right. Elvis is carrying that whole jam session because it's all about him. Yeah, he's like the the uh, orchestra or the uh, the conductor, basically. Like those guys are like They're, are playing toward him, like yeah, you know, going his speed. Yeah, going the, what direction yeah. he wants to go into. You know, he wants to stand up. All right, we're gonna stop. They, yeah, they do. They they really go. T- they make him comfortable every piece of that time they're on the stage and they're kidding around they're boys yeah you know there's one part of it they didn't show in the special and one of the guys like hang on elvis hang on for a second and there's a piece of fuzz on his face oh yeah i see and he picks the fuzz off his face and gives it to the girl in the the audience yeah yeah and she puts it in her purse yeah yeah. she opens her purse and puts it in there it's awesome I'm looking at the playlist now. What else can we play? Uh, Anything from Sit Down, dude. All right. You know what was actually a pretty interesting song was um, Tiger Man. Is yes. From Sit Down. Yeah. Yes. And, we were talking uh, about this this week. Play a little bit of that because uh, as I was, I'm like, I don't really know this song. So I just looked up and it was on the liner, like written by Joe Hill Lewis. I'm like, oh, and Sam Phillips. I was like, oh, Joe Hill Lewis is, uh, he was a one-man band sure. that we talked yeah. about on our Sun Records thing that I don't think any yeah. of us had ever heard of. He until was we- the first recording artist that Sun ever had. Yeah, and uh, and the song's cool because at one point Elvis pulls out a handkerchief and he wipes his face and he throws it to a, a girl in the crowd who goes bonkers. But um, yeah, it was a really cool song, and I was like, oh wait, I know this guy from doing the show. We'll play a little bit of it. Yeah, he rocks it out, man. Well, I'm the king of the jungle. They But uh, I never heard that before. I don't think I ever listened to that. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the songs that they didn't put it on the yeah, special. And it's fan, dude, it's just the beginning of it. You know, it, really? I, I think it was a little crazy. Bit, it was a little bit too raw for a Christmas ABC, special. For ABC? For, yeah, a Christmas special. But the only he only sang one Christmas. He was saying Blue Christmas. That's the only thing no, that made it. He sang a couple songs. Did he? I thought he just did Blue Christmas. I, I think Blue Christmas is the one that like made the, it made the cut, right? It was on the special? Yeah. Was it? I, I didn't put it on the playlist. No, I didn't either. Yeah. But, like, I guess the Colonel got one Christmas song out of the whole friggin' thing. Ryan, you made a point when we were sharing our notes, and you said it real in passing, too. Like, this set the stage for MTV Unplugged. It sure. is. It is. It's it like is. the first MTV Unplugged performance. And we have to give it up to the producer. Of it was this, a vision, yeah. You know? It's like, it's very, it's a new idea. Maybe it's something that all the country guys did. Like, back in the day, all the yeehaws, they sat around and campfire and did all that shit. But it was never done in a rock and roll set on TV that I ever seen. seen it like you said, same. like, on TV, dude. Like, I mean, on TV. On so primetime TV. It's you know? so raw for Elvis. There's yeah. him used to being lip-syncing the movie yeah. soundtracks. Yeah. And know? even in the beginning of this thing, of this show, he's lip-syncing the whole time. Like, like we say, like, he's going through, like, like uh, the guitar player song. Yeah, the whole, it's really bad. It's well, really cheesy. Well, it's it's sixty. What was on TV in sixty eight? I, I, I was trying. To, yeah, the, the top uh, yeah. professor looked that up. Top TV shows is nineteen sixty eight. Because I, I try to keep that in perspective when I was thinking that. I'm like, all right, what was what was Kevin Arnold watching this? Like, you know, what I mean, what was Kevin Arnold watching at this time? Yeah, they were, he was only watching the Beatles. Elvis <laughs> has come and gone yeah. at this time. Bonanza, Gomer Pyle, 
the original Batman. So you got kind of like some campy. Yeah. I was thinking it too when I was hearing yeah. the um, the stand up part. I was trying to put it in the context of yeah, the yeah. era that we're listening to. But like the cl- like the be- before they got to this in the show, like you said, like Batman is on. That was a big deal. Like Batman was on. Yeah, and you see like the uh, the sequences they're doing with the girls and everything like that. It was very very there like was some strange sick. shit going but, on. So in it was that. Batman, man. No, like, this it was, was like, Elvis was totally. Visioned a little bit. It's like I'll, they did a karate dance se- sequence yeah. in the '68 comeback special. Yeah, we'll like, get to that. It when was we pretty talk about the stand up. It's bizarre. Watch out, man. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Karate. We should probably play the little part where he talks about like um, what's what's the show? He talks about like he can only move his pinky finger. Yeah, in yeah Florida. Yeah, yeah, he's playing in Florida. Yeah, I believe it's, probably, it's the end of. It was like Hound Dog. He does like a little bit of like. He's like, imagine I can only move my pinky. You ain't nothing but a hound that's it, dog. That's it. Yeah, you're right. It was really funny. We got to find Because he would have been arrested in Florida if he yeah. would have shook anything. So he just sat yeah. there and moved his pinky, he said. It's just a good, it's a good part of his, it, we should just play it just to illustrate. I don't think, I don't think he was performing hound dog at the time. Yeah, he, he just, just, he just worked, worked it in. in there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know what, what song it is. All right, I can find I it. listened to it a million times this I week. did too. Hey, Elvis, the finger was yeah, that's all I can move in Florida. Now, the police filmed a show one time in Florida because um, the PGA, the YMCA, or somebody, they thought I was <laughs> something. And uh, they said, man, he's got to be crazy. So uh, they, they, uh, the police came out and they filmed the show. So I couldn't move. I had to stand still. The only thing I moved was my little finger like that. <laughs> For the whole show. <laughs> Man, so it's just really good that he's just kind of chumming you know, around. He's, yeah, he's, he's telling jokes. He's being funny. Um, we said a couple times, like he he takes a, a handkerchief from some girl and he wipes yeah. his face and he throws it yeah. back at. He them. does it constantly. Yeah, from a different girl, he just gets tissue, wipes his head down, and now it's on eBay somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think his stage presence definitely came back. Like, you know, and that's something like with him wiping like the, the hacker chips later in Vegas, like, you know, just, he's a showman. Yeah. And there's no dudes in the audience, right? It's all women. No, I, I think, think there's there's a dude sitting on the side of the stage, but he's playing tambourine. Yeah. Who is know. that guy? I don't know. I think I he's try the to look producer. Him up today. I think yeah. he's the producer. He's got to be juiced in somehow. Maybe he's part of the Memphis Mafia. I don't know, but he's just like, he's a main part of that part and he's sitting on the stage like the tambourine is very well known in that sound you can hear it right yeah. there's three percussionists in the band so i think it's it's yeah. probably one of those guys yeah so it's, and he's on beat too so you know thank god yeah there's six people on the unplugged and three of them are listed as percussionists so one of them's got to be the, yeah. the tambourine tambourine but he's guy, just like yeah. in a regular suit he wasn't in that red suit with the rest of the guys yeah yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think yeah, that. Maybe, that he's like, all... maybe he's like a music uh, for the project, for the 68 special. Just like, kind of snuck sort of on project. the stage or something. I would too, or... man. Yeah, dude. It's hey, a, it's who a... can play pan- tambourine? Right. I, I can. can. <laughs> play the triangle, on, play Jones. the tambourine. <laughs> all those uh, one-handed instruments that you can play when, you, you, when you're in a school band and you can't play anything else. Yeah. Like, I play the triangle. Ding! Ding! Yeah, that Is was that my instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ding dong. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much. So, um, is there anything else on the sit down that we should talk about? As I said we talked about the kind of the I mean, funny besides playing music on it. We talked about the song "Memories." Is is kind of like the bridge. He, the, he like sits down. Yeah, he sits on the edge of the stage with like a girl on either side. Yeah, it it's not a real good song. It's just not. Yeah, you know. it. Thank you. 
just between the pages of my mind Memories sweeten through the ages just like wine I think yeah, we found dude. our electric chair yeah. song. <laughs> right. Between like the Spanish guitar and the way It's a little sing. bit overdone. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the stand-up stuff on this special is overdone in I my opinion. I think it's kind of right? rocking. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sucker. Yeah. Did the colonel pick that one? I'm sure he did, yeah. Because yeah. he is the shitbag of the week. We'll shitbag of the week. No, that's dun, never going to hold. Dun. No, not this episode. Is that it on the stand-up show? I the stand-up said part? That I have other songs, but we don't have to play it. Okay, no. What, do, what, do, what else do you want to hear, no, man? It's such, a, like, it's such a kick-ass part of music. What else do you want to hear from it? The blue suede shoes. Got it. Man, I love See, that. Yeah, he's like great. forgetting the words of the song yeah, and yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. man. It, he That's was just having yeah. fun. He was having fun with his boys. So the guy playing tambourine is a guy named Lance Legault. And it actually says he stored in the A-team. So now I'm like, what is he? He did what on the A-team? He said he was in the A-team. But the guy playing the tambourine? Yeah. He was on the A-team? Is it Face? No, it wasn't. That would be fucking <laughs> awesome. Mr. T. Mr. <laughs> T. T played the tambourine? I pity the fool. He was from Colonel Decker from the A team. Get the <laughs> way. fuck out of here. Was he the bad guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy who's always chasing him. Fucking yeah, yeah. Colonel Decker played oh, the tambourine on the Elvis Scumbag in 68. Battle. This has got to stay on dude, there, man. And he's on time. He's yeah. keeping beat. He's, really, he's like the. Uh, the, the he's shit. a real colonel, man. Holy, Holy shit. shit, man. You always hear that on our show, pal. Oh, my God. Dude, that's fucking that's amazing. That's amazing. Bruce's face is totally red right now. Like from God. laughing. This is legitimately like he's uh, like, like belly laughing out yeah. loud. We're, we're having a rough go of it, man, because like Spotify's not working, and I'm getting frustrated. And they said, "Oh my God!" And I look at the. I'm like, as that last song was playing, I'm like, "Yeah, who is playing the tambourine?" I Google it, and he said, "Lance Legault." He's like, "Oh, okay." He's in my notes as being in the band. Also says the A Team. So I pull up Wikipedia, I type in A Team. Says so he's best known in his television role in the 1980 series The A Team as Colonel Decker, the United States Colonel who tried to catch the Vietnam veterans. That's amazing. That's fucking crazy. That's how many separations? Yeah. What is it? Eight degrees of separation? Yeah. Oh my God, dude. That Mr. T, how many separations does it take Mr. T to oh get that? Oh my God. Yeah. So One we, separation. We, we can't edit any I mean, of that out. No. We've got to keep it in. And that's like a holy shit. I learned something today. The Colonel Decker from the A team played play tambourine. Oh, dude. That's fucking fantastic. Do you think you'd like brag that, about that? I shit? would, yeah. Like he on, had to during lunch, during right. lunch at the eighteen. Hey, Mr. T, right, right. Take that like George Picard. It's like you know had some really good gold chains. Was Elvis? Right. <laughs> you love it when a plan comes together. I love it when a plan comes together, dude. That is that's amazing. Awesome. That's really funny. Um, that's probably a good part to take a break. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> and regroup. And we're gonna come back. We'll talk about the stand up part of the show, which is a little bit more produced. And then uh, we you say stand up. Now he's. No comedian. Right, right, yeah. right, right. All the kind of good stuff. You know, the more uh, polished the studio yeah. version, it's like yeah. a different part of the show. We'll talk about that. We've got some music news and electric chair and all that good stuff. So we'll be back. Stick around. 
Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life can feel overwhelming these days. We're all moving at a million miles an hour and sometimes get so wrapped up in everything and everyone around us that we don't take the time to invest in ourselves. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. But the good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? 
It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are the greatest asset. And as a special offer to Prisoners of Rock and Roll listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com slash Prisoner. That's BetterHelp.com slash Prisoner. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, we're back. Thanks so much for sticking with us. So we're going to move on to the second part of the Elvis 68 special. So the first part was him. It was called the sit down. It was kind of like the MVP MTV unplugged part. And the second part is largely just called the stand up because he's standing is on a stage. The backing band isn't there anymore. And it's really more kind of like the, uh, Doug, I think you said like the Vegas era. Kind yeah. Of. It's just him like on a little stage, like a little ego it's the same. It's the same stage. They just hook up all the other, yeah, yeah, the other other musicians. It's just Elvis by himself with that red guitar that's so famous. And I think they they recorded it uh, like at a different time. I think they it was like, the next they, day. Yeah, it was the they, following day. It's a different crowd. Yeah. It's a different audience, and all that kind of. stuff. It has a totally different feel. It does. It is not my favorite. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of this era of Elvis. I'm not a big fan of this genre. Yeah, like that I, kind I of. Over, I think it's just a little overproduced for me. But I totally understand that's what's going on in the. Um, at that part of the part of the year, even that time of yeah, that time of music. I mean, sixty eight, a lot of like melodies going on, like each song doing yeah. something different. Yeah, a lot of strings or some flute. Uh, several members of the Wrecking Crew are playing on this. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, no and uh, wow. Darlene Love is singing backup in parts of oh, it. Oh, really? With the, uh, the the group, the Blossoms. Oh, the I did read African that. American yeah, girls. Yeah, Darlene Love is one of those. Backup but you know, singers. what I did read that. Like he, there was like some like gospel parts, and he wasn't going to do any gospel parts, or the, the no, colonel the, didn't want him to do it, and he wasn't he wasn't going to get the girls to sing on it, and then Elvis is like, no, I kind of want the girls to sing on it, something like that. Yeah, it was like it, they, yeah, the notes that I put on it was like, uh, so he does the gospel stuff, and that's the, the song that Darlene Love is on, and there's it starts really weird, man. There's a couple like the video of this. There's a weird like dude dancing, this weird ballet kind of thing, yeah, and it's yeah. in the gospel, the yeah, gospel yeah, part, yeah, which is really, really odd. There was like so much weird shit going on in the, this special. Besides these awesome rock and roll moments, there was some really bad shit going on. In yeah, these, like bad TV moments. The sixties, yeah. Man. And like the, you have to think like laughing was probably big. Like, yeah, that whole look, like this sixty-eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And he, uh, I, I think he. Didn't want to, he wanted to do the gospel song, and then there was some comments that he thought that the choir was all he's like it was all white women, and he wanted some diversity in it mm-hmm. because it was like right after Martin Luther King, and he wanted to make a a statement in the last song, so he had the blossoms come out that Darlene Love is a part of, and singing it. Yeah, the dancing is really weird, but there's there's some really cool parts in the gospel melody where like the. Uh, the rock and roll and the gospel part like crosses together, and I, I've always yeah. liked that I in mean, music. We can't. There's a part on, that he starts talking about how rock and roll is basically country and gospel music. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. He, he talks about it in in the special. Our music is basically rock and roll. Music is basically uh, gospel or rhythm and blues, and uh, or it, it sprang from that. 
and it's people have been adding to it, adding instruments to it, experimenting with it. But you, like you know, I don't know if it was. I guess it was after this because he put a, he put out a gospel album and he wanted he won a Grammy for it. You know he what I mean? Put out a bunch of shit for Did everything. He, yeah. But like for one, he definitely he won a Grammy for I a he, uh, gospel I album. A, I think he put a Passover album out. He might. Of. He had a <laughs> handful of gospel yeah. albums. I think I can get to the part where like there's a in the song saved. So the gospel number is a melody of like uh, one, two, three, four, five different songs all put together. But at one point, man, it just it gets really rocking. Anyway, but um, yeah, dude, so they, and the melody with the weird dancing in it is one of like three or four songs that are just really bizarre yeah. with yeah. like dancing in it. There's one really It's like a production long, kind of thing. Let's just. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's what, like a, it's a, a musical, variety yeah, TV show a musical kind number. of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like what TV was doing at the time. Yeah. A lot of variety show kind of looking. Thing. Yeah, there's a, um, there's, there's literally one song on here that I just wrote in my notes that just said, what the hell? Because it's like a, it's a melody of like Nothingville, Guitar Man, Let Yourself Go, Guitar Man, It Hurts Me, Take Good Care of Her, Trouble, Back to Guitar Man. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little like like a short version. Like he's got like his jackets like over his shoulders and he's walking around with a guitar and then he like – he beats up a guy. Yeah, he's walking yeah. from scene to scene. Like, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. really – He's got yeah, his guitar. Like, yeah. yeah he the guy runs, smashes his guitar, like the gangster looking yeah, guy. Yeah, the big, like, heavy dude with a beard. Yeah, yeah, he has a song called Big Man or something like that. Yeah. And then, like, oh, a, he's got, like, a weird denim outfit on. He, he's, like, he's got a denim shirt and a denim jeans. And then he's singing while, like, all the, he's doing all this karate with all these people. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. so, like, it, it's probably karate. what, like, action scenes in his movies would look like. It's just so yeah. bad. He was, like, showing off his karate. <laughs> yeah. But it was really funny. You know, we were talking earlier. Um, when Elvis was doing the like the pre-production of all this, so he was rehearsing with the band and everything like that. So his guys were all around, like the the Memphis Mafia. So he'd walk into a room, and he was like just starting, to, like not starting to, to study karate, but like guys from his entourage would like fake attack him, so he'd like practice his karate on practice karate on, on these guys. He was probably so drugged out all the time. <laughs> they were, he was probably <laughs> pretending <laughs> pretend land. <laughs> He's like, hey, oh my God. Pretend, want, man. hey man, pretend that you're 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 exactly, and you coming at me, you coming at me with a knife. Oh, you do. <laughs> oh, won't you remember? <laughs> and it's so weird. Like he's fighting all these people, and he's doing like somersaults, and he's still like singing at the time. He's like lip syncing the stuff, and then at one point, in, uh, when he's singing "Trouble," he shows up in the gold the gold jacket, which is on the the fifty million Elvis fans can't be wrong. And as that came up, I was like, oh, I've seen that before. Mm, and, uh, yeah. man, there is a whole fucking website that just documents every time he's ever worn that outfit. That's the really? whole website. I really? thought he only took it for, like, one picture. I think he was, like, he did a couple shows, and then he would wear the jacket without the pants because he hated the pants. And because uh, it was, like, that uh, whatever the hell that was. Like, the the material was real, like, crinkly shit from like the 70s and of course Colonel Tom Parker being the eternal showman used to always say that that suit was made of unborn calfskin and 24 karat gold and I guess the producers wanted him to come back out wearing that like the full thing yeah. like hey the throwback and he was like no yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not wearing, wearing that, that again, again. Yeah. I'm not yeah. wearing that, that again 
That's just not his. You know, yeah. that, that's everybody knows that album cover. Right? He's on it like 18 times wearing the jacket, yeah. like all over the place, uh, wearing the whole outfit. Yeah, had, so like, many gold pants shoes. can't be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, he had so many like gold shoes and gold pants and gold jacket, and it's you know he's a country boy. I've oh. seen that outfit too. Up until yeah, we saw, Graceland. Yeah, yeah, up until we saw the Graceland, I always thought that was like a painting of some sort. I didn't know that was an actual photograph. And it looks different, man. You see the pictures of it, or you see it real. It's like way more uh, flamboyant. Yeah, it's like a richer color, like shinier yeah. than than that painting or whatever the. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a watercolor or something yeah, on that yeah, album yeah. cover. I just thought it was interesting. Like, I was like, man, I am so far down the goddamn rabbit hole. And I'm reading this website of like every time and day that he ever wore that. But imagine anywhere. somebody like being so intrigued buy this suit they would just make a website or it could be a joke or and that's, a, that's yeah. elvis fans man i think elvis yeah, fans no, are like man. they will they comb over every Absolutely. single thing no, in his life crazy not to i yeah. do i'm a huge yeah. elvis fan <laughs> that's right oh you made that website yeah, oh. I did. absolutely <laughs> i i know everything that he wore when he wore it his uh. shoe size Oh Everything. my god! And then the, that song kind of comes back to it. Circles back to him. He's on this the little boxing ring stage in the leather outfit. But it's a uh, you got to watch it on and and uh, you got to watch the video because it's really bizarre. Just because uh, you know, like I, the unplugged stuff is really kick ass and it's stripped down and it's just really cool. And he's in this rocking leather outfit and he's you know the pompadour and the you know kind of a greaser look. And then you're like, what the hell is yeah. this? You know what's really great? I would. I didn't talk about that earlier, like in the first half, like with the sit down thing. You see him passing guitars back and forth between him and the other guy. Like you're playing acoustic guitar, then he has the electric guitar, and he's passing hmm. it back and forth. It probably didn't, like, you know, it probably didn't make the show, but that's how loose those guys were, you know? Yeah, there's so many parts in that, man, where like they're just cheering him on, like, go get it. They're, like, just, but they're, uh, they're like his cheering section. Yeah. They, was, like a, he was, they were the original cheering section for him. You know, who, who else had Elvis's back back then in the beginning, you know, and now he's making this comeback. Who does he trust? The guys that he yes. came up with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was almost like a blues jam kind of. Yeah. It's really cool. When you do stuff like that, that's when the magic happens. Like yeah. unrehearsed kind of thing. And you're sitting around and you'll never make it sound that ever again. Like a bunch of dudes in Colonel Decker just sitting around Colonel just, Decker. just playing music, man. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Uh, what else on the stand? You know, so the the stand up. I'm going through my notes, man, because I I have it in chronological order. So I'm kind of I'm not. I don't have all the the stand up stuff together. A lot of the stuff, man. So like he does a little melody of his. Uh, he does Heartbreak Hotel, Hound Dog, and All Shook Up. And uh, I, I wrote on my notes at one point. He, uh, I said I wasn't crazy about the first time I heard it. I just had it like playing in the background, like the audio, and then I watched it, and it was a completely different experience for yeah. me. And he's at one point he. Uh, he gets up and he goes like it's been a long time baby mm. and the crowd is going nuts and at some point like he you see it's like kind of uncomfortable like a pause because he the crowd's going so loud he just shuts up and just kind of looks around That's and it lets cool. it go way longer than it you know it's instead of like a <laughs> 10 seconds well he hasn't been on stage for so many years yeah like i mean like he's embracing it like he's in, he's enjoying the moment yeah you know at one point like he's holding, he's holding the mic and so he puts his hand down and he just kind of like he nods and he smiles and the crowd just keeps on going yeah. it's really cool like yeah, he's kind of like all right he's, he's back, back. Yeah. yeah, I'm Elvis and I'm back. Yeah, and he's uh, at one point in the video, he's like he falls to his knees and he's kind of like swinging his like he just totally gets into it. Yeah, and it's just like he he's was Elvis. a showman. Everything he did, it's like once again he was on stage like he was in the beginning, and he you know this time on TV they're letting him swing his hips and jump around and yeah. you know, do everything that he wasn't allowed to do ten yeah. years before. Yeah, that. yeah, I think I, I I think I can get a little bit of that the melody. Hard 
I think he dude, was grooving a lot. Dude, he yeah. sounded great, yeah, man. His hair's falling. Yeah. And the point where he just like kind of lets it go, he's like, do, 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 do. Yeah. he just kind of like free flows. Yeah, he's it. getting into it, man. He yeah. sounds great, dude. Yeah. The, I think the band sounds great. I think yeah, the, the, the strings the backup, and all that. Yeah. The backup sounds great. I could do uh-huh. without the strings and everything. I, I, it no. makes it sound full. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, I could do a little bit more raw, but then maybe his voice doesn't sound the same. But that's okay. That's just my, you know, my my thoughts on it. His but, um, voice was definitely like was screeching, was not great. screeching, but yeah. like it's power. That, it was powerful. That rawness of 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 an uncleared throat. You said you know? that when uh, we were talking in the Motown episode about Joan Osborne. You're like, when the voice cracks a little bit, that's yeah. where all the magic yeah. happens. Yeah. yeah, you could tell, dude. He's just throwing himself into it. Yeah. And at some point, he even uh, he kind of like looks around. He's got that little sneer. Like he's he's just living the moment. He's a bad yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Right, he's being a motherfucker yeah. right there. Yeah. Really cool. He is the the motherfucker. Yeah. Yes, the king of the motherfuckers. Really, really cool, man. And it, I think it reminded everybody that he was the king. I think. Like you said, like Jerry Lee and all these dudes, they they already came and went, and you know, like especially Jerry Lee was like, "I'm the king of rock and roll." Yeah. Right? Fuck this motherfucker! Yeah. And here he is ten years later, proving that he was the yeah. king of rock. And There's roll. only one Elvis. He also has a little bit of fun with it too. Like uh, you remember the li- like he changes the lyrics to "Love Me Tender." Yeah, yeah. And it's like maybe we should play a little bit of that too. Yeah, like yeah, do it, it, it reminded me almost of like uh, uh, "Love Me Tender," "Love Me Sweet." You have made my life a wreck, not complete, and I love you so. Love me tender, love me true, all my dreams. He's always had fun with that song. Like you watch the um, the Vegas Elvis documentary they made a few years later. I guess it was in mm-hmm. the seventies, and he's singing this, and the girls are on stage. He goes, "Woo!" He goes behind them and all, and the girls all start laughing and like he he you know he loved being in front of the audience. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's a big thing that the Colonel took away from him was performing in front of the audience and look at such a, a, a intimate setting that Elvis totally out. Outshined everybody yeah. in that whole on that whole stage. Now that being said, you brought up a good point. Like the colonel took him away from it. Do you think the colonel like doubted his talent to play live, and that's why he kept on making him doing like movie after movie no, after I movie? Think, I think the, or it was just I think easier. The, I think the colonel had his own vision, and that vision was Hollywood. Yeah, like that's where the real money was at. Right, not these little concerts. Yeah, these concerts, and he couldn't go anywhere. Like, I mean, the Colonel couldn't leave. But, so the opportunity was only so much. How many times are you going to play Philly? Yeah, like, but, you know? like, but, you know, like, they could show Elvis in Taiwan. You know, Elvis is in Taiwan in the movie. I mean, not in the movie, but, yeah, like, they're yeah, showing the movie in Taiwan. Yeah, that's and the, yeah. And the, good point. They're listening to Elvis music. Good point. You know, that's a good point. And he could make those movies, I guess, because the, uh, the production schedules got tighter and tighter because they were under so much pressure to, like, just keep churning these things out. Yeah. So it'd be like, all right, you make the movie, then you go do the. Elvis fans would always go out and see the movies. Right. And then you go make the soundtrack, or Elvis would have some leftover stuff that they would force into the movies yeah. to promote the movie, and then you buy the sound. It was just, I mean, it is. It's good business. With all I these guess, movies just... being made, I wonder how much money prior to his death that these movies made for the, 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 the movie companies, the companies, the Paramounts uh, and the think, like, MGMs and all that. I think the business was totally different then than it is yeah. now. Like, yeah, was it like profitable? 
Like, I'm sure the Colonel made money on it. I'm sure Elvis made money on it. They made their money before the movie was even out. That's very true. But for these, for these, was Elvis that still big of a deal for them to keep on pushing out movies like this? Or just became became like an actor? It was such a big deal. They put him on TV during Christmas. They said on on average, a film would cost about $2 million to make, which was about $15 million today, which is really not that. That big much, of a yeah. deal, right? Yeah, for a movie, and they said it would make about three times that. So it would okay, make, so people uh, were going out and seeing it then, right? Yeah, like forty-five the, million bucks. So people no. were still <clears> doing like it. all the yeah. all the parents are going out and seeing the Elvis movies. Yeah, right. So they're making. Sure. So the studios are making yeah. money. It's just I think as the quality just gets crappier and crappier, yeah. just turning the stories out. are bad. And you know what's funny when the I read things bad. Yeah, it's hokey. I read when they God. they um, put this out. Like so, what was the date that the sixty-eight comes? The special came out like the date was like December, like yeah, right around it was Christmas. Close to Christmas. They said seventy percent of watchers were watching TV that day. Watched this. Well, you only had three channels. Yeah, that's true. You that's only had true. three channels to watch. Yeah. it's not like we had like yeah. eight hundred channels yeah. now. Yeah, I saw that too. But seventy percent—that's not too bad. Like people still yeah. loved Elvis. Yeah, you know I mean, mean, again, there was only three channels at that time. There was yeah. only two other shows to watch. Yeah, I think it out. Did Andy Griffin or whoever yeah. the fuck was on TV that night? Yeah, I'm sure you had people that were legitimately just curious, like, okay, Elvis, like I know who Elvis is. You know, he mm. was oh that guy that was in the movies, and there's probably like legit yeah. fans who are like, holy yeah. crap! He's but do back. you think like bands like the Beatles watched it and everything like that? And I would say, say this guy is the king of rock and roll. If they were playing a gig that night or doing whatever, yeah, then I would say definitely. Like, like sixty eight, they weren't playing, they weren't playing anything. Yeah. They weren't doing anything but taking drugs. I think yeah, it's true. I think people, yeah, I think they if, were probably watching. They were probably it. watching they had it. To, yeah, like you know, I, I think just, all those bands, uh, yeah. the Who, the Grateful Dead, any band that was even interested in music was watching the comeback special. Because yeah. you wanted to see if he was really going to make a comeback. It really like you. you it, it's hard to wrap your head around that to like, yeah, you know, that you have all those bands you just mentioned, and then like. Like that Elvis is he is like this archaic relic from another era that isn't really that long ago. Yeah. You know, it's just it's so crazy it to think about. Years, it. Think about what was ten years ago from now. What was that? Like Jennifer Lopez had a huge song. Right, right. Yeah. Like right. you know. Right. Like she gave the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, I was gonna say she just did Super Bowl. Yeah. Kind of like, okay, like but it's more about her, her how she looked and what yeah. she was saying. Oh, that, absolutely. Like, you know, it's just like, yeah, it's 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 such an interesting cultural phenomenon, this whole special. Uh, it, really it opened the did. doors for a lot of new ideas, especially recording live band kind of stripped down things. Yes, and that's a good point that's too. That, point. So they never uh, like these these TV specials never really had this like one dude. It was always like a variety show. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so the uh, uh, and the show was actually sponsored by the Singer Sewing Machine. At the time. Okay, so it was on. called like the Elvis special sponsored by Singer Sewing Machine. Mm-hmm. And Singer had gone to NBC saying, All right, we're going to make three specials. We're going to do Elvis, we're going to do Liberace, and we're going to do Don Ho. So right it was on. like, that's just yeah. like, that was like what they're thinking. Like, so they put Elvis in that same bucket. That's kind of the quality that they thought they were going to get. And Elvis being the king of the motherfuckers just mm. blew, the, blew the roof off. Uh, yeah. I have no idea if they ever made the other two. That's so, like, I, I, can't know, ima- I can't imagine Don Ho being bigger than Elvis. No, special. right? No. Like who's Don going Ho to rocks. Yeah, Don he Ho was a rocks. big deal. He was a big deal, but he ain't no Elvis. No. He, so, sing, so Singer said that they they wanted Elvis. They wanted if they were going to do three specials, they wanted Elvis. They had signed on to produce like three specials. Yeah. Did so. they get to pick Elvis to do it? No, I think they. I think 
No, I think once it got pitched, pitched I think got, Singer had oh, okay, a, gotcha. like a promotional thing gotcha. with NBC. Okay. But if you see the original, it was like it wasn't called the Elvis Comeback Special. It was called the Singer's. Yeah, the Singer Elvis, Elvis, Elvis special, special. Yeah, special, something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, they didn't come up with the Comeback Special until years. Yeah. That title anyway. Yeah, like, like culturally later. that got yeah. attached. Yes. Like yeah. The fans put that to it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, what else What else from the stand-up I do, before we get to the last song? Is there anything else that was on the stand-up you want to talk about? I mean, we can go through a bunch of songs that everybody knows, but, you know, fuck it. Let's just play uh, something that matters. All right, so the, the last song that Elvis does on the special is If I Can Dream. And that's a really, it's a special song because Elvis was really, Ryan, you were saying, like, he was really moved by Robert Kennedy's assassination. And he was like, he wanted to do something. I mean, it, the colonel wanted to end with I'll Be Home for Christmas, right? <laughs> it's like, idea. Like, no, man, like, you know, especially after all that energy and everything else, so... The director, Stephen Binder, pulls together the music director and asks him to write a song. And he writes this song <clears throat> that has like a real like a gospel vibe to it. And it, it, you, you can kind of hear the connections between that and Martin Luther King's If I Have a Dream uh, speech. And it, it said it, and it's got a very, very gospel sound to it. Elvis comes out and he's wearing what? He's in all white. Uh, when he records it's classic. It. Yeah. I mean, that's like the, the cover of the... It's a very famous picture of Elvis. Yeah, like... He's got the Elvis in the background. It says Elvis in red lights. Yeah. It's very famous. Him in the white suit with the red tie. Yeah. And he said, like, when they when they were pitching the idea, Tom Parker was still, like, just being a contrarian to, like, everything about this show was yeah. like, no, nah, this ain't an Elvis song. I, that's why, like I said earlier, it sounded like he was just sabotaging this whole thing. You know, yeah. it, it maybe it, they didn't give him enough money. Maybe, but what, what I did hear when Elvis recorded this, he recorded it in the dark, and he was like sitting on the floor, like in a fetal position, and writing the words down on the concrete. Hmm. And he would sing. He sang the song. I read this in Rolling Stone, and he wrote all the words down on the concrete, and he sang the song, uh, pretty much like just with the light on the words. Hmm. But then when they recorded, the colonel came in. With his lawyer, say okay. So Elf, we're gonna play the song. You're sound. Sent, you're signing over the rights to this song now, to us. Oh my god! Which is again just why he's such a scumbag. Let, let's play a little bit of the song before we we get into it. We talk a little bit about it anymore. He's doing that live, right? Like he's—that's like live on the set, right? He's not lip syncing on or anything. Yeah, like no, it's it's really. I mean, that was when we started this. That Ryan, that was the first one you sent me. You were like, mm. "Watch this! It's, like, don't listen to it. Watch it." Yeah, it's him so powerful. It's I was. I, it's become one of my favorite Elvis songs. They featured it in the Searcher HBO special, and it's on the TV. The last thing they show, and they. Have him stand there at the end of the song, and he has his hands up in the air, and he's in Graceland, and they pull back from the living room. It's so ghostly. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that, we didn't talk about that documentary, the yeah. two-part. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, it's really Yeah, great. I watched it a couple months ago. I yeah. really enjoyed it. But after Elvis did that a few months later, he reached out. I can't remember the guys who wrote the song. 
But he, he said, you made me realize that I have to trust my gut more than anything when I want to record something. I'm never going to not record something because somebody's not just because somebody doesn't agree with it. If I feel that this is what I want to be, I'm going to do it. And you listen to that song. This is what he's doing like in Vegas. Like this like these big powerful songs with the strings behind it and this and that and, and he's showing off his voice and the projectile of his voice and all that. And um that was like the the gateway to what Elvis's career became after the 68 comeback special. Elvis just took off after that. Yeah. Like he wanted to be instead of being on everybody's TV and movie screen, he wanted to be in front of them and yeah. performing and that's what he did best. Yeah. Like fuck those movies. Yeah. You know, the best thing that he did was perform and that's this his uh Vegas shows were unbelievable. You know, up until he started getting big and phoning it in. Yeah. Mm. You know? And that's when it started getting like physically big. He, like, not, physically, like, big. Right. he was like, getting not, physically big. Yeah. And he started phoning in the shows. Like meaning like he didn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But Elvis did like, you know, one year, dude, he did like Three hundred and like forty shows. Oh, in he one worked year. hard. He like he worked. He worked hard. his ass off, man. Yeah. Kind yeah. of probably worked him to death. Was yeah, really absolutely. A big, totally. like a big part of he it. Was totally be- he was in between shows when he died. Yeah, they were in a break. A he was getting, break. It was like the next day he was going back Leaving out on the, the road. Yeah. yeah, he um yeah. So the comeback special came out. That song, uh, the the, the that was a big deal. That the song. soundtrack went top ten. That song was a. Like top twelve hit went gold. That was the first like hit he had in like ten years. Yeah, Uh, and he was back. And then they said within a week he was back making Mm. movies or a week or a month or whatever. That's Um, crap. Imagine if he like just stayed that way, like that version of Elvis. Yeah, but he came to realization like I got to go get away from all this. I got to get back to. I think he he was scared to to start something new. Yeah, like I'm I'm nothing without these movies, and I'm nothing without the Colonel. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say like the Colonel's almost like Dumbo's magic feather. Like yeah, he, yeah. it's like this codependent he, relationship. Kind of like brainwashed. Yeah, totally yeah. brainwashed. Him. Didn't know that he yeah right. He had Stockholm syndrome. He didn't know that he what he could do without him. And he uh, yeah. So then he the next year he gets the residency in Vegas, and that becomes like the the third act of his career with the yeah. you know it's like. Yeah, it's like it's like that song with the powerful, the crooner with the with the uh I heard the, the strings. I heard the Vegas show blew whatever we thought rock and roll from the sixty eight special blows it away. See, I like, have to watch it because in my mind that's like the cartoonish no, Elvis. When right? Elvis was in Vegas the suits oh, and everything. Those no. first couple years in Vegas. Really? I'll have yeah. to watch it. Holy that, shit. Yeah, dude. He comes out and nails it. I'll have to watch some every of the night, stuff. Every night yeah. he came out and fucking nails it. It was just him doing it over Billions and billions of times yeah. that got old to him, and that's what the joke became. Elvis in Vegas, he was playing free gigs for the Colonel because the Colonel owed the, ve- the, the gambling, gambling money. money yeah. You know, but he worked like to get that at Vegas point. Man, he worked his ass off to get to that point. Yeah, he made a lot of movies. Yeah, he was a superstar. He yeah. was a celebrity, and he did have. He like, was, I mean, after this, the special he did really like Suspicious Minds and In the Ghetto. Yeah, he had a bunch yeah. of other like some yeah. hits. Like but he was, was kind of like, back in the radio yeah. too. But that was like going to that Vegas thing. That's when like what I meant like with that song. Like if it, it, he just started doing songs like in that kind of style, like those big fucking songs, yeah. you know. No, big, big orchestra, big, yeah, big yeah. is a really good way to yeah. to say it. Um, big background big sound, singers, yeah, big, big sound orchestra. Yeah. And I read a another quote from uh, Steve Binder, the 
the he said he went and saw Elvis like later, like much later in his career. And he's like, and I looked at him on the stage and I just knew it was all over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, I'm, I'm in my mind, I think he's fat and it, yeah, that's where like where it's the joke. It's like the, yeah. the parody Elvis. Well, that's, of, you know, he's, it, yeah, it's, it's a, a circus, man. Like, right. I mean, all right, get the, the, the dancing bear up there. I you mean, know? it was, they had to announce Elvis has left the building. Right. That's how chaotic his shows were. Yeah. I'll go back and I'll watch some of the stuff, man. Yeah. I always walk out of these episodes with some homework, and I'll, I'll do that and check out some of the stuff. Dude, you see him walk, walk through the crowd and all that, man, and women are just jumping on him like yeah. crazy. He's kissing every single one of them, too. Yeah. And then I guess it's just kind of, uh, you know, the the drugs and his marriage fell apart and the colonel and just work, pressure work, 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 right. The pressure having, on not him. Not having hits. Yeah. And just doing it just drugs. Cr- just crushed him. Every day, just a mountain full of drugs. Yeah. Everybody forgets that. Oh, I was, no, he did, he died a drug addict. Yeah. yeah. He didn't have a heart attack. He didn't die with a, taking a poop. Yeah. He, <laughs> he died being a drug addict. Yeah. The tour of Graceland was a, uh, Glossed over that rather lightly, like oh, mm. he went up to his restroom and he passed away. Yeah. Was like, no, that's not that's not the story. But um, you know, and that's not how you want to remember him. But um, but like even in the Vegas thing, like Ryan said, the drugs. Like even the band was they were playing two gigs a night. Man. Oh, they were yeah. all dude. dude they were it was the seventies by then. They weren't allowed to leave the hotel. They were like they were literally in that hotel for like months at a time and not leaving and Elvis. working every day. Elvis had control over his mafia. Yeah, like yeah. They, he was like, "You sleep when I sleep," kind of thing, and like Elvis never slept, yeah. so they never slept. So they were just all on prescription pills all day, all night, not knowing what time of day it was, sleeping, sleeping when the sun's up. Yeah, you know? and it just it just burned him out, man. He just. He was a uh, yeah hell of a good time. He's just a space shuttle Columbia just yeah. coming back yeah, in the yeah. atmosphere, man. Just yeah. burned up upon reentry. Yeah. It's yeah. really it's really sad. Like uh, what what could have been? Like we've said that with several art. Like you know, Buddy Holly hadn't have died, mm-hmm. or uh, Kurt Cobain had to die. Like if Elvis hadn't have been away for ten years, yeah, and then had this not happened to him at the end of his life, like, what, would what, it, what would what would eighties Elvis be? Like, I I was eighties Elvis. I think mm-hmm. eventually. Luckily, if he had somebody like I hate to call it Rick Room the smart dude, maybe he would have went that Johnny Cash route. Yeah, he would have started yeah. doing other strip people's down. songs, strip down, and like, all right, you're gonna do if it. He like never this. died. He probably made a bunch of bad shit like Johnny Cash did. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah, the, the chicken that, and yeah, black. Yeah, whole, I like that. I yeah. like that song. He would. He would totally. Well, you like do the clam too? I know. So. Zed Ryan. Yeah. Hey, when I like clam, what can I say? <laughs> hey. But I would. But I would like. To, but I like to think that. Elvis would have had that kind of Johnny Cash career at the end of his life, like Johnny Cash did. Come full yeah. circle back to the yeah. stripped down kind of sounds. He would have been the king of rock and roll for the rest of his life. Yeah, like that. He would have carried the, the torch. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he would have some kick ass four piece band. Maybe he would have been a traveling Wilberry. Who knows? Oh my god! god yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's a good point. Wow! My I just blew your mind. <laughs> did I actually, blow your mind? Maybe after our, uh, we should make our own like the the. Traveling prisoners or something. Yeah. We, we make our own super group super or group. something. Our own Wilburys. That'd be uh, the traveling McCuskers or something. No. Nice. So that'd be funny. The warden and the traveling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the warden berries. Is that it on Elvis? You want to? You want to move? You got I anything should, else? No. I say we play one more rock and song. All right. Let's do it. Let's play all shook up from the stand up. I'm all shook up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I bleed on 
I just think he brings it. I'll, yeah, he does. I'll cut this out, but the costume guy swore that when he walked off that he had come in his pants. I he heard that too. Elvis and he had to yeah. Cl- yeah. He, they said he did it, he did that on he had a spontaneous combustion yeah. when he was playing with the guys in the in his yeah. original band and he only made one of these suits and then he had to clean it for the second night. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I can I did the best that I could. I creamed in my pants. Dude, imagine the life he had that he had. He banged so many girls. Like he, that, the only that, thing that can get him off was him fucking rocking. I don't know. Out. Rock and roll. Yeah. Right, maybe we leave this in because I was, I was kind of like, all right, that's kind of disrespectful. He, he Who had, the fuck knows that that's maybe true? Maybe that was like the most satisfaction that he's had because he had every woman in the world by then. Yeah, he was like, yo, I'm again once the king of rock and roll. You know, what's yeah, what, right. feel, what better feeling could that be? All right, let's leave it there, man. I got some. <laughs> I, got, no, I, I had some notes on like after he died and. Tom Parker and I was like, Let, let's just go out on a good note. Well, I, like, I, I like what that. you said earlier, just to set up how big of a piece of shit Tom Parker was. Why don't you talk one about one more time? All right, all right. So shit bag of the week. Why don't you talk? Dun, dun, dun. Right, why don't so, you talk about Elvis's after, funeral? All right. So they said immediately after Elvis died, uh, the first thing Tom Parker does, like somebody calls him, and it's like, "What are you going to do, man? Elvis has died." He's like, "Nothing. I'm going to keep managing Elvis. Hmm. Like it doesn't matter whether he's alive or not." So the first thing he does is he goes to New York City and he meets with the record label and he meets with the merchandising people and he's like, "Dude." You got to start stocking up because everyone's going to want Elvis stuff now, man. This is going to be great. We're going to make so much fucking money. And then he goes to Elvis's funeral and he shows up in a Hawaiian shirt, a baseball hat, and a cigar. And he doesn't go anywhere near the casket. And But he does pull Elvis's dad aside, who's mourning and everything, yeah, and convinces sure. him to sign over the rights yeah. to his he estate. Pr- he probably at- said, like, hey, listen, this is all over. So right. you're going you to you you be in the poorhouse. Right. You're going to be in the poorhouse. Yes, Elvis owed more money than he had, right. I'm sure he'll say. Right. His dad's, dad's name was Vernon. He was Vernon, like, Vernon, you, yeah. don't, you, don't, you don't want to burden all this stuff, man. I'll take care of it. Yeah, all. just sign it all over yeah. for this and, much you know, and he, uh, You can look up, like, uh, I think like at some point the federal government got involved and like sued him. Yeah, Vernon wasn't a smart dude either, to be honest with you. He was a piece of shit, too. Yeah, he Elvis was. His dad. Yeah. yeah, they had a weird relationship yeah. Yeah. too. He was a womanizer and yeah. all this shit. But uh, yeah, the, the hammer kind of fell on Tom Parker. And they said when he died, he was only worth like a million bucks. Like compared, like you know, oh, only no, a million bucks. But compared to what he, he made, he, he owed made more yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gambling I'm sure. debts and I'm sure. Yeah, total total jerk off, man. We could do a whole show on just what a, what a scumbag he was well, in a relationship. Well, well but, again, you know, I hope Tom Hanks makes him look like a shit better. I do too. So. All right, man. So that's Elvis. Uh, let me roll on. We got some second thoughts. So uh, the only second thought I really have is around our last episode. So we just want to remind everybody that we want to hear what you think about the 10 artists that we nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You can go to prisonersofrockandroll.com slash vote to cast your picks. Uh, we think we're going to leave the voting up for a few more times. I did sh- a few more weeks. Excuse me. I did look at it before I came mm-hmm. down here. And Ozzy Motley Crew and Iron Maiden are in the lead. Very it cool. kind of shows who our fans are. It was, it is pretty cool, man. It almost we have as many votes as we have listens for the show. So that's everybody's amazing. listening yeah, yeah. has been that's voting, great. which is funny. pretty cool. So, and it just hasn't been me in there like voting yeah, yeah. over and over and over. That's again. cool. So that's cool, man. Yeah, really cool, man. Really cool that everyone's supporting us. Thanks to everyone who's been you know voting so far. Uh, a couple of our podcast friends have taken the time to shout out by uh, sharing the link with their listeners. Uh, the Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll, the Itch Rock and Radio podcast out of Chicago. 
Chicago and the Sut Lusting Bruce podcast all shared it. So it was pretty cool, man. There people are asking their fans to jump on. Pantheon too was sharing it. Music news. I got two things. I guess I got three things. First one. So the music industry continues to react to Russia. So. Uh, first, Live Nation Entertainment announced that the citizens of Russia will no longer be able to pay their shitty, quote, convenience fees because the company has stopped all business there. Mm. So that came after, like, Green Day, Fer- Franz Ferdinand, Slipknot, Iron Maiden, and My Chemical Romance all suspended their concerts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New York Metropolitan Opera announced it will no longer have any musicians that support Vladimir Putin or are supported by Vladimir Putin on their show. The three big record labels, Warner Music, Universal, and Sony, have all suspended operations. And here's the last one. Spotify suspended all one and a half million premium accounts in Russia and closed its office. Man, if you were like a teenager Uh, in Russia. Like, it's not their fault, dude. Like, you know, it's like, again, no rock and roll, man. Right. You're just some kid that just like, you know, I'm not down with with anything. Right. He just wants to hear his tunes. Right. And your Spotify account is suspended and you can't even you can't get to any music. It's like that blacklist thing, man, that was going around like in the 40s or whatever, the 50s or whatever. They start blacklisting people. Man, this is going to keep on going and going and going. And it's like, like, you know. Yeah, Russia's has a lot of bullshit going. Yeah, they're, no, it's, they're, it's yeah. They're, everybody's going to turn against them. Yeah. yeah. The, the not con- to get political. Like the concert stuff I get, man. Like you yeah. can't, that's a, you can't, that's a, no, that's you a bad look yeah. if you're going to no. do a show. They're going to be like, you're just trying yeah. to make money. Absolutely. But it's like yeah. the Spotify thing. I was like, dude, to me, that's like virtue signaling. Because again, you're, you're Vladimir, some 18-year-old teenager, and you're sitting in your parents' room and you're shitty eastern block concrete building yeah just you want to listen to some rock and well, roll yeah and you don't have that escape i i, I do i feel bad, I feel bad for, for those kids well, i do too dude at the same time but their economy's in the toilet they're using this as an escape to say like well they like the rugel's worth like less than like three like yeah, it's like pennies the, like like yeah. be, like negative pennies so this is their way of saying like well they can't afford us pay so we're just going to come out and say like oh well we're going to take all of our money out of there you know yeah. not to get no, I, no, I feel I feel bad for I feel bad for the young rockers. Absolutely, I feel be, be bad for searchers of music. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there like us, you know, that use music as an escape. I didn't even think of that, man. Our you know? our, our potential audience has been cut yeah. off. Yeah. From, but you always heard like uh, you heard stories, man. Like in the early '90s, late '80s, people like there was like a black market for CD. I think Henry Rollins just talked about this. Like there's always like a black market sure. for like punk albums yeah. in Russia and stuff, and because you couldn't buy this stuff anywhere. Like you know, countries in the Middle East that are like all oppressed, and people would be listening to like Ramones albums in their basement because yeah. they were gonna get killed if they get caught and shit like that. It's unreal. Well, it's, how, yeah. how how could you even imagine a life like that? Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's always been like. What's that Russian band? Pussy Riot, the, yeah. the punk, the, the girls that have been like, they've been like arrested before, yeah. like just yeah. playing music. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, hopefully those guys get like a Napster thing going on and they can start like, they're going to start, start trading music they, yeah. that way. They're going to start bootlegging yeah. Beatle albums again. Yeah. Bring yeah. it back. Yeah. yeah. yeah the, boot- spot, the Spotify thing really got me. I was they're going to bootleg. That doesn't surprise me though. It's all, it's all penny. It's all, it's all dollars and cents to Spotify. Yeah. You know, yeah. even the Metropolitan Opera, it was like, all right, man, if you're, Somebody who supports Putin, okay, you know, if you're crucial sure. banging your shoe on the table, but somebody that Putin supports, it was like, so if he says like, oh, I like I this, like this yeah. cellist, like the cellist isn't allowed to play, that was yeah. kind of like, yeah. I, I don't know, man, them. like, like don't yeah. like me, yeah, it's Is the it? same. It's just that's the fucking people that like I'm gonna smash all the Russian dressing bottles in the no, supermarket. Yeah, or, yeah, they all, or they think all vodka is made in Russia, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. People just that think makes they're me laugh. Yeah. yeah, all right, so fucking. 
Yeah. Dopey dopes. Did they get rid of Russian dressing? Like, did, no, does Paul I, Newman no. like? <laughs> are they, did they get rid right. of Paul Newman's Russian dressing yet? Uh, <laughs> all right, I got another. I got a weird story. So uh, we're gonna talk about Nicki Minaj's butt. So this is the type of content that our listeners come here for. So Nicki Minaj admitted that she received injections in her ass several years ago after Lil Wayne <laughs> made a series of jokes about her backside. Lil Wayne, of course, discovered Nicki Minaj and signed her to his Young Money record label. According to Nicki Minaj, uh, Lil Wayne said, uh, "Big booties." were his muse and said that uh, she thought they were such a big enough part of rap culture that she got injections to make her ass bigger under peer pressure. I'm not surprised. Yeah, no. That ass has a life of its own. No. So that that's the stuff I research, man, to bring our listeners every week. And then uh, I guess our some breaking news was uh, Dolly Parton today saying that she does not want to be considered to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because she said she's not worthy of it. That is so punk rock. Yeah, like she's totally. Doing what we think, yeah. Like again, she, like she's never recorded a rock and roll song. I get where she, I get where she's coming from, but you guys said like, "Hey, now they'll probably put her in more," and she's like, "Oh, you know." But she, I, if you like, back away from anything. I, don't, I, I think that would be like frowned upon. Like, oh, who is she to turn us down? Yeah, I think, it, but I think with her, it's going to no, make I everybody think, love yeah. her more. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. Think, oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, I wasn't surprised. No, that is, no I'm not that, surprised that's the move. That's the Dolly move. Like, yeah. The, yeah. to turn down the hall. She's thing. a class act. That's some punk rock shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't look at it as an insult to the rock and roll fame. I just think that she doesn't think that she's worthy. Of well, being. she I showed them how. Stupid they are. Yeah, like you're gonna put me in a hall of fame. That's just plain stupid. Yeah, she was yeah. like, I don't want to split the vote from other artists yeah. and stuff. Yes. Yeah, she. I mean, she did it with like Grace and Clash. Yes. She wasn't Johnny Rotten saying, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're a piss stain or whatever. So, uh, y'all just be a piss stain. <laughs> I did not find any evidence of her ever hanging out with Lemmy from Motorhead, too. I did look. I didn't find anything. Lemmy didn't climb those hills. No. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a Jack and Coke. Oh. It's time for the electric chair. The electric chair is a segment we do every episode where we kill a song for being terrible. And we might get some hate mail for this one, man, but we decided this episode we're going to kill Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. I do love uh, the song secretly. Not secretly. I'm very verbal I, about I, it. Yeah. No. I, this is a guilty pleasure for me, and I get the fucking video playing as, I'm, as he's yeah. like dancing. That's, I, I'm just tired of the the memes and the jokes, yeah. and it's like yeah. every, every know, the millennials fucking, kind of uh, adopted it, and the generation coming up, and I don't know. I, I saw Dave Grohl playing on stage with him. I thought it was super cool that he played it, with him. Then he got to it, sing it. It though. was just like, all right, it's finally Foo Fighters worth. Yeah, like you know, nice. like the Foo Fighters are are covering it, and it was like you the know? Muppets did something. Yeah. It was like a joke with like Beaker doing it. I don't know, man. Well, so it's been like, around for thirty something years. So yeah, come on, it's just, it, it's just it's a, done. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. Let's have a new joke. In it. Yeah, let's the have whole, a new joke. The joke of like, oh, you know, click on this video to see something, and then yeah, this will come up. Yeah, right, oh, you've been Rick rolled in. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah. just kind of like yeah, years. Prisoners of Rock and Roll. We just Rick rolled. Well, we're gonna give you up. Sentence you to death. Burakasha. Gonna pick you up. I'm gonna let you down. Boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> so that'll do it for episode 37, man. Thanks to everybody who's been listening to us, whether you've been with us from the beginning or you recently discovered the show. We, we love you guys. And we'd love it even more if you took a moment to tell somebody about us or leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or check us out on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We post stuff about music all the time. We love hearing what everybody has to say. You can also find us at prisonersorrockandroll.com. 
or you can email us at prisonersofrockandroll at gmail.com. We only played 30-second clips of songs on the comeback special, but, dude, go and check out the whole thing, man. You either listen to it or go. Uh, rent, you can rent the full thing. It's on Amazon Prime. It's on Apple TV. And if you're in Philadelphia, stop by our home base at McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets. Actually, Ryan and Doug, your band is playing there soon, right? Sure. Uh, we're playing on the 26th of March. High Street Records. Your first show in, like, two years, right? Yeah. After the yeah, pandemic? it's been, like, two years since we've uh, since we've had live music. Yeah. Very cool, man. Live so, music back at my Huskers. Awesome. Well, you two will be bringing the thunder with High Street Records. I'll be hanging out as well. I think the warden will be yes. in attendance too. He's playing cowbell then. <laughs> He's playing tambourine. Uh, <laughs> <He is. laughs> All right, everybody. That's it. We'll be back in two weeks. Check you later. Keep on rocking. Peace out.